Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Vets. I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. This is where we discuss vet-centric topics, the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the hope that listeners will better understand our veterans, our veterans will know they're not alone, and perhaps along the way, we'll learn something about each other. We sincerely hope we accomplish that mission. The opinions expressed herein are mine alone as a veteran. So the midterm elections are over, the people have spoken, and amazingly, democracy is still intact. Now, some new veterans have joined the House and the Senate and other roles around the country. Will they make a difference? Well, that remains to be seen, but I'll bet on the veteran any day. And, of course, our president has indicated he is going to reach across the aisle to continue to work uniting America ending inflation, securing the border, and preserving the American dream, and, of course, making America great again, all while preserving truth, justice, and the American way. Well, for now, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but the next two years in history will define the reality. So it's all about change. And so tonight, we'll speak with uh, Stephen Walsh, the new director of the Sullivan County Veterans Service Agency in Monticello, Thomas Bauer, the new supervisor of the Orange County PFC Joseph P. DeWire Vet to Vet, and learn a bit about who they are and how their respective agencies do so much for Hudson Valley veterans. See you in court. Well... There's another alternative called Dispute Resolution, and Donna Ramelow, Executive Director of Dispute Resolution Center in Middletown, will explain how mediation can resolve an issue and save veterans stress, time, and more. But first, let's check with Don Shaw, Director of Hudson Valley VA Healthcare System, for the latest news from the VA today. Thank you. Today, I want to ask for your help to spread the word about changes that have happened regarding VA's healthcare eligibility under the recent PACT Act, specifically the special enrollment period for certain post-9-11 combat veterans that's going on right now, and also the expanded enrollment criteria for veterans who served during the Gulf and Vietnam War eras. During the special enrollment period that ends on October 1st, 
2023, veterans who served on active duty in a theater of combat operations during a period of war after the Persian Gulf War or in combat against a hostile force during a period of hostilities after November 11th, 1998, and who were discharged between September 11th, 2001 and October 1st, 2013, may now receive care upon enrollment for VA healthcare. So please encourage any post 9-11 veterans you know to use this opportunity to apply for the VA healthcare that they earned. Enrollment is free, there are no annual costs, and care may be free as well. Outside of the special enrollment period for post 9-11 veterans, certain veterans who served during the Gulf and Vietnam War eras may also now be eligible for VA healthcare. Veterans who served on active duty in a theater of combat operations during a period of war after the Persian Gulf War can now enroll for care. This includes veterans who, in connection with service during such a period, received one of the following, the Armed Forces Expeditionary Medal, the Service Specific Expeditionary Medal, the Combat Era Specific Expeditionary Medal, the Campaign Specific Medal, and any other combat theater award established by federal statute or executive order. With the passage of the PACT Act, Vietnam-era veterans can enroll now for VA health care. And if you served in the following locations and time periods, you are eligible today. Republic of Vietnam between January 9, 1962 and May 7, 1975. Thailand at any U.S. or Royal Thai base between January 9th, 1962 and June 30th, 1976. Laos between December 1st, 1965 and September 30th, 1969. Certain provinces in Cambodia between April 16th, 1969 and April 30th, 1969. Guam or American Samoa or their territorial waters between January 9, 1962 and July 30, 1980, and Johnston Atoll, or a ship that was called there between January 1, 1972 and September 30, 1977. I know that was a lot of details, but this is expanded eligibility that now our veterans and get health care that maybe previously they were not able to attain. Again, enrollment is free. There are no annual costs, and care may be free as well. So please encourage any veteran who might fall under these new criteria for eligibility to reach out to VA Hudson Valley to enroll. If you're not sure, we're happy to talk and walk you through the enrollment process and help determine what benefits are available. The easiest way to contact us about enrollment and to discuss eligibility is to call our eligibility team at 845-831-2000, extension 215100, or you can contact our outreach coordinator, Lenny O'Cal, at 845-831-2000, extension 217721. We are here to help you and want to answer any questions and help you through the eligibility process. So please spread the word. I also wanted to talk to you today about making sure all your listeners and all the Hudson Valley veterans know about 
the clothing rooms and food pantries that VA Hudson Valley has. These services are here to support them during the holiday season and also throughout the year. Our clothing rooms have a wide variety of clothing, accessories, and footwear for veterans who may need them. There is no eligibility required for usage. Any veteran can avail themselves of this service. All a veteran has to do to set up a visit to one of our clothing rooms is to contact our voluntary service staff. To visit the clothing room at our Montrose campus, you can call 914-737-4400, extension 203713, or our Castle Point Voluntary Service Office at 845-831-2000, extension 215135. The hours of operation for the clothing rooms at the Montrose campus is Tuesday and Thursday from 8.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. and at the Castle Point campus Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They are happy to help in any way possible, so please reach out if that is something that you are in need of. Also, any veteran using VA Hudson Valley Healthcare System who would like to enroll in our food pantry program should reach out to their VA social worker or contact our homeless veteran program at 914-737-4400, extension 203740. They have both perishable and non-perishable food items that can support our families and our veterans throughout the holidays and beyond. Uh, the women and men who stepped up to serve our country should never have to worry about where their next meal will come from, and we're here to ensure that never happens. So please spread the word about our clothing rooms and food pantries and encourage any veteran who might benefit from some extra groceries to reach out to us today. Happy holidays, and as always, thank you, Doug, for all you do to help us get this important information. Now here's some news of interest to the Hudson Valley veterans community. Ulster County Vet to Vet hosts a day of happiness and health. Monday, December 12th, 10.30 a.m. Enjoy a manicure or a massage. Treat yourself to the chocolate fountain. Or just relax and maybe enjoy fellowship while you write some Christmas cards. Lunch will be provided. that will be at 101 Enterprise Drive in Kingston, New York. For more details, you can call 845-481-4004. The Kingston VFW presents a holiday luncheon December 14th at noon, 708 Chester Street, Kingston, New York. Please RSVP at 845-399-2766. The Hudson Valley National Center for Veterans Reintegration hosts Vets Giving. Enjoy food and fun at the annual Vetsgiving Veteran Resource and Community Fair on Saturday, December 3rd at Safe Shoot, Kiefer Lane in Kingston, New York. The event takes place 1 to 4 p.m. and a valid military or veteran ID is required. If you're going to shoot, top shooters win prizes. More information you can call 845-481-4004. 
And Governor Hochul announces the installation of kiosks at several locations on Long Island and the southern tier of New York. These are intended to connect veterans and service members and families with specialized information and assistance. Six more kiosks will be installed at welcome centers and transit hubs across the state and serve as an easily accessible gateway for veterans to learn about the more than 60 state programs and services that they may be eligible for. The kiosks are now located at the Long Island Welcome Center on the LIE in Dix Hills and the Veterans Service Members and Gold Star Families Memorial Room at Tompkins County Airport in Ithaca and the Capital Region Welcome Center in New Baltimore. Six others will be installed at the Adirondack Welcome Center, Interstate 87 Queensbury, Finger Lakes Welcome Center, Lakefront Drive, Geneva, Mohawk Valley Welcome Center, Interstate 90, Fultonville, North Country Welcome Center, Collins Landing Road, Alexandria Bay, Southern Tier Welcome Center, Interstate 81 at Kirkwood, and Western New York Welcome Center, Alvin Road, Grand Island. The National Nonprofit Reach Across America announces that uh, Westfield Flats and Riverview Cemeteries in Roscoe, New York are official locations for the 2022 Reach Across America mission to remember, honor, and teach. This is the second year the Roscoe community will participate in this national program. Reach Across America started as a simple gesture of thanks that has grown into a national movement of dedicated volunteers and communities coming together to not only remember the nation's fallen and honor the service, but to teach the next generation the sacrifices made for us to live in freedom. This year, there will be more than 3,100 participant locations placing veterans' wreaths on National Wreaths Across America Day, which is Saturday, December 17, 2022, with more than 2 million volunteers coming together. The goal of Wreaths Across America for Roscoe has been to raise enough money to place a wreath at the headstones of veterans laid to rest in Westfield Flats and Riverview Cemeteries to ensure that the individuals who serve to protect the freedoms of our country are never forgotten and to bring the community together in a day of patriotic commemoration. National Wreaths Across America Day is a free community event open to all folks, Roscoe's Ceremony will be held at noon on Saturday, December 7th, 2022 at the Westfield Flat Cemetery, 1955 Old Route 17 in Roscoe, New York. And December 14th, Kingston VFW has a fundraiser for the Toys for Tots program. And they'd like to invite you, your family and friends. If you're interested in attending, please contact Jennifer Kiernan. For more information, before 12-11 at 845-430-9150, or you can email her at jkiernan07 at gmail.com. Well, virtually every county in New York has a veteran service agency office, and the folks who staff these offices are advocates for the veterans as well as subject matter experts on veterans' benefits and the VA. 
Well, Steve Walsh has been one of those experts at Sullivan County office for some time now, and recently he's been promoted to director with the retirement of Corporal John Crotty. And we spoke with Steve recently to get his thoughts on the change in leadership and his vision for the future. So Stephen Walsh is the new director of the Veterans Service Agency in Monticello. Hi, Steve. How you doing, Doug? I'm great. First of all, tell our listeners, um, you know, what you do and what this agency does just to refresh everybody's memory. Well, the Sullivan County Veterans Service Agency uh, it was established to serve all needs of local veterans, their surviving spouses, and children from birth all the way to the age of 24 enrolled in an approved educational program as described by the state. We also help with applications for VA medical benefits and burial benefits. Okay, and you've taken over the, uh, the helm from Mr. Crotty? Yes, John was with the office for over 15 years and he expanded the capabilities of the office and forged many powerful alliances in an effort to better advocate for all veterans at Sullivan County. Okay, so some veterans are reluctant to ask for anything because they they feel they're, you know, independent and they don't want to be a burden. And tell us why that's wrong. Well, first of all, a veteran or their family member contacting us for help is, is not actually creating a burden on the system. You're actually helping the younger veterans and combat veterans that are returning from Iraq, Afghanistan, or who have suffered grievous wounds during combat or, or during combat support operations. Because when a veteran contacts this office and participates in getting help, it helps Congress allocate the proper amount of funds to help all veterans in the community. So don't feel bad about reaching out for help or calling with a question because it creates a stronger system for all veterans, especially for the ones who need it the most. And even if it's just they ask a question because uh, things change all the time, right? Yes, the VA and Congress changes policy quite frequently. A great example of that is the new PACT Act and the Burn Pit Act. Uh, lately, the office has been inundated with calls and, and clients. Um, and this is a good thing because many of these veterans were overlooked by previous legislation and were neglected by the systems. So what are your visions for this office and what changes would you like to make to provide a better level of service? Well, we've recently participated in state and federal advanced appeals training, and we now have our own exclusive hearing room with an 84-inch flat screen where we are conducting hearings with veteran law judges to advance the claims of veterans who have been, have been stuck in the claim system for a prolonged period of time. Uh, we're also in the process of modernizing how we file claims and have how we follow the process of adjudication on the VA side. And you have direct access now to resources and information you didn't have before, right? Yes, we participate in the Veterans Benefits Management System, and our security clearance allows us to directly access the Veterans Federal Claim Folder. Okay. Anything else that you'd like to uh, say to our veterans or to our listeners or anybody? Absolutely. Any veterans in Sullivan County that have any questions about their benefits from education to burial uh, to disability compensation, give us a call at 845-807-0233. 
and make an appointment. We'd love to help you out and love to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, when you get out, it's just good to stop by, even if you yes, say, I, I'm not going to get any benefits, I don't need any. But let me stop by and chat for a while and, and see what's available. I might learn something, right? Yeah, that's correct, Doug. It's always good to ask, and, and we'll investigate everything for you. Well, I can't speak for anybody else, but every time I talk to you, I learn something. Well, thank you, Doug. It's great to be here. Um, I appreciate being able to serve the veterans of the county, and it's been a wonderful experience here. Good enough. Steve Walsh, the new director, the new broom, the new sheriff in town, the Veterans Service Agency in Monticello.
Don't touch that dial. Let's Talk Vets will be right back. Welcome back to Let's Talk Vets right here on Radio Catskill. Yeah, the Greek philosopher Heraclitus said the only thing constant is change. And with that in mind, we checked with Thomas Bauer, who is the new manager at the Orange County PFC Joseph P. DeWire Vet to Vet Peer Counseling Agency in Middletown, New York. Welcome, Thomas Bauer, to Radio Catskill. Let's talk vets. Thank you so much for having me. I want to start with the basics. So we know this organization by Vet to Vet, but that's not the full name, is it? Correct. The actual full name is the PFC Joseph P. Dwyer Vet to Vet Peer Support Program. Okay, so who was Joseph P. Dwyer? So Joseph P. Dwyer was a combat medic during the Iraq War. And as you can imagine, at that time in the early stage of the Iraq War, you know, you're, you're seeing a lot of, lot of bad stuff. And PFC Dwyer was, was no different. He, he saw some bad things. I'm sure many people, they may not have known it, but actually saw a picture of him that became very famous during that time of PFC Dwyer actually carrying a wounded Iraqi child who got caught in the crossfire of a firefight. He was shot in the leg. PFC Dwyer ran out in the middle of this firefight to actually save the child and bring him out of harm's way and treat him. Mm. And, you know, as you can imagine at that time and coming back from that, you know, you, you got a lot of you got a lot of mental struggles going on. The the VA wasn't what it was today. You know, they really hadn't dealt with things of that level since the Vietnam War. So our veteran struggled and, and he was no different. And he unfortunately he turned, you know, ways to medicate himself outside of traditional ways and he unfortunately one day overdosed as a result of this and his his family started this this program in his name in his honor how long has the the organization been if i'm remembering correctly it started in uh in 2012 i'm not sure of the month so we're you know in our 10th year at this point now we, we've had some people here that we, we still have, luckily, that have been here since the beginning. Everett Cox, who you have interviewed before. Mm-hmm. I myself, as you know, I'm, I'm very new to this. I've only been here a little bit over a month, but 
can already see the great impact that this program has on this community. So the core of this organization is peer-to-peer. Why is that important? Why is it, why is it better to have a vet talking to a vet than talking to a mental health professional or some other counselor? So the big one right off the bat is, you know, there is unfortunately still that stigma in a lot of people's minds of, oh, if I'm talking to a mental health provider, there's something very wrong with me. People are going to look at me different. They're going to treat me different. If you're talking to a peer, a fellow vet who's, you know, he's been through the same things you've been through. They've seen the things you've seen. There's already that level of comfort and familiarity where, you know, you're going to feel more at ease. You're going to open up. You're going to share more than you may share with that stranger. I, I can say from personal experience, I'm not a big fan of going to the VA doctors for that. I go to them for it. But every time when I come home, I'm, I tell my wife, oh, you know, I didn't say this. I didn't say that. She's like, you know why? I was like, he doesn't understand what I went through. Like, yeah, he's the professional here. But when I say I did this or I saw this, he's never going to truly understand. The only ones that are going to understand are the people that went through that same experience that you did yeah. or possibly even worse a lot of them you know there's there's just that bond and that brotherhood that they always talk about that really does become lifetime for you guys mm-hmm. you might not have served at the same time same branch same job whatever <clears throat> but you understand that sacrifice that we all went through people won't necessarily share while they're active because of that stigma that uh, the belief that that will sideline you or hold you back from promotions and so you don't I mean sexual that's a big problem with sexual trauma oh yeah big time military sexual trauma and and not even just that it'll sideline your career but you know unfortunately you have a lot of young guys in there I myself I was when I was in I was in the infantry I was a young 20 something year old you come back and you see all these other people fine they might not be fine but they're perceiving it that way Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, I don't want to come across as weak or this or that in front of them. So not even just the career aspect, just your image aspect of it. You don't want to seem like the weak link here, like you can't do this. And that's another undercurrent in the military, especially with the older guys. Oh, yeah. Shake it off. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, you're fine. Like, I mean, (laughs) you you know, even with PTSD, how the, the many different names it's gone through through the years. You know, you had... Battle fatigue, you had shell shock, eventually PTSD. So right. you can even see, really wasn't even until probably within the last like 30, 40 years that they're like, okay, PTSD is an actual thing. It's not just, oh, you're tired, you're this or that, you need right. a rest. It's right. you have something that's actually medically wrong with you that needs to be dealt with. Right. The Civil War it was called Soldier's Heart. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So review with us, if you would, your service. So I served in the active army from 2011 to 2015. Okay. As I said, I was an infantryman. To be more specific, I was an 11 Charlie indirect fire infantryman, which is you carry a mortar system with you as well, which is essentially small artillery pieces. Mm -hmm. I uh, I was stationed at Fort Hood for my whole time once I graduated from Fort Benning. Mm -hmm. I did one tour over in Afghanistan uh, from... I want to say June 2014 to around beginning of February 2015. I got out in uh, August of 2015. I eventually made my way back up here to New York where I'm originally from. And luckily, earlier this year, found this great organization, was lucky enough to be brought on. 
take a minute to review with us the major initiatives of the vet to vet organization that you are, are now um, heading up. So right now I'm partnering with uh, Sharon Finch, who is the CEO of YIT. And what we're trying to do is just build a lot more programs. Because right now we don't have like a lot of programs that are actually peer-to-peer -peer based with the one within Orange County. We have, you know, we have MST groups, we have writers workshops, things like that. But we really don't have any of those, you know, PTSD support groups things like that, you know, military experience groups, TBI groups. So I want to really partner with her. We're actually trying to get a, a home base right now at the uh, the Vet Center in New Windsor over in uh, 30 Lawrence Ave. So we can have a home base. We can really establish these groups because she's already got a big network of vets as well. Yeah. And just combine forces and, you know, try to get as many of the vets as we can to actually come into these PTSD groups, things like that and really spread out as much as we can to help them. And our sister organizations in the other counties actually have a lot of really great programs as well. Mm -hmm. The way that I found vet to vet is I actually uh, was going through the Solvin vet to vet mm -hmm. They have a service dog program that they provide free of charge, free training, things like that. So all the different counties, they offer a really unique and focused experience for their individual counties to best serve those veterans. Right, right. What do you see as the largest or a couple of the largest challenges today in, in the veteran community here in the Hudson Valley in Orange County? So the biggest one is, without a doubt, transportation. That's the biggest one we hear. You know, the, the county's got a program in place, but it's unfortunately not, you know, a door-to-door -door service. It's you got to meet at some rally points such as VFW, things like that. So, you know, if someone's already got transportation needs, they're going to have a hard time getting to that spot. So that's, for a lot of people, it's not really a big help. So what we're trying to do right now is find various places that we can actually, you know, fundraise and get potentially a high capacity van, something like that, that Again, we can have stationed with us at that place in uh, New Windsor. So we can actually offer these veterans some door-to-door -door service rather than it being, hey, you find your way here and then we'll take care of you here. But also we're running on this tight schedule that you might be sitting around at Castle Point for a few hours. Right, right. And then next, obviously, is homelessness is a big, big, big problem in this county for our veterans. Yeah. And we have, again, a lot of great programs set up in place you know, we work with West Cop, things of that nature that they can temporary house people in hotels, different shelters, things like that, get them to the programs they need where they can get assistance for a rental, things of that nature, and, you know, get these guys off the streets. Yeah. I know that uh, Rumshock was working on that oh, uh, yeah. for a while, and I don't know where they are yeah. now with their efforts. Yeah, they, they actually had a fundraiser for that. I want to say it was in October, like around the time when I started. So I unfortunately wasn't able to attend that one. But from what I hear, that's, you know, they're, it's going good with it so far. You know, they have the land and all that. It's just, right. you know, getting the money and getting it to the next stage to right. have essentially this veteran tiny village to right. where they have, you know, their medical facilities, things like that, things where yeah, it's a they don't have to spread concept, oh, yeah. I mean, but it, it, and there are in other parts of the country did an interview with Tunnel to Towers, and they've launched a new initiative along that 
that vein. They're acquiring, uh, I'll call it campuses, like hotels complete yeah, and uh, things like that where they can establish apartments and they don't call them tiny homes because they're a little bit bigger than tiny yeah. homes, but that type of thing. And they can have the basic services on site and then like transportation and counseling and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So, And it's great too having that because then instead of being in, you know, other housing where you're among the general public, if you have something set up like this where it's just all veterans, mm-hmm. you have that community, you have that brotherhood again of people that went through the same experiences and you don't really have to seek out other places to try to, you know, get whatever is on your chest off. Right. You have your neighbor, you have this and that right there that you can talk to. But it has to be important at some point to reestablish the vet in the community because ultimately that's where they're going to live. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's not, you know, like you said, they need to reintegrate themselves and not just be solely on this side because then you're going to, again, isolate yourself and potentially not feel great mentally. Right. So it's really just making them feel comfortable again putting them at ease enough that they finally feel comfortable enough to go back out into that general public and, you know, return to their normal lives. Anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, well, at that uh, the Veterans Center in over in New Windsor, we have a lot of great events coming up, partnered with YIT, partnered with uh, Blue Star Mothers and okay, things so like that. So you do have a facility over there? So we don't have it yet. They have it set up there. It used to be the, the Leathernecks Motorcycle Club. Okay. They're no longer there. It's now just they're trying to run it as a veteran center. Okay. That they have open for the local vets. And they're, you know, they're doing a lot of events right now for the local veterans. They have a Friendsgiving coming up. They have uh, a Thank a Vet Day that they're doing. I have the, So what's the best way to find out about those events? I post all about it on the uh, the Orange County Vet to Vet Facebook page, okay. the Orange County Vet to Vet Instagram page, and then also uh, Orange County Veterans Center also has a website too that they post these things you can check out. Sharon Finch with YIT has uh, has all that on their Facebook page and Instagram as well. So. She's an amazing person. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I, I I met her early on of me working here, and I was like. Thank God I came to this event and I ran into you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's an amazing person. And we try to advertise ourselves as much as possible. You know, things like this is great where we could reach out to people that we wouldn't normally get to. You know, we've got the simple things like the social media, but, you know, not everyone's on social media, especially the older generation of vets. Right. We have our T-shirts, things like that, that we hand out that hopefully people see those and be like, hey, what's that shirt that you're wearing? Who is that? Yeah. Anytime I'm out in the public, you know, I've got my business cards with me. So anytime I see someone that is a vet, I I try to take it upon myself to go up to them and say, hey, have you heard of vet to vet This is what we do. Here's my card. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us. So, you know, a lot lot of it's word word of mouth, friend referrals, things like that, people that have done the program. But, you know, things like this are huge to, to really get ourselves out there and let the veterans of the community know that we're here to help them and we're here for whatever needs they may have. We are have a huge Are you network. finding a lot of people know about vet to vet Do they recognize it when you talk about it? So I really am only seeing it two ways. It's either people have attended one of their events, like the, uh, the Veteran Appreciation Day at uh, the Renegades this past August. Right. So people that have done things like that, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've heard of vet to vet We love them. They're great. 
or we have the complete other side of the scale, which is what's vet to vet? I've never heard of that. What do they do? Right. There's right. really been no in between for us where they're like, yeah, you know, I've heard that name. I'm not really sure what they do. It's either they've been involved with us and are very familiar, or they have no clue what or who we are. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Thomas Bauer. Thank you very much for your time and joining us on Radio Catskill, Let's Talk Pets. Thank you so much for having me and for letting me spread our message today. Well, the phrase, see you in court, is too familiar these days. Unfortunately, it is emblematic of a social separation, which has been occurring over the past couple of decades, to the point that person-to-person communications is indeed becoming a quaint relic of bygone times. The Dispute Resolution Center is a unique agency dedicated to mediation and problem-solving versus a time-consuming and expensive day in court. Welcome to Radio Catskill. Thank you for uh, being on Let's Talk Vets with us. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. Well, I heard one of your folks talk on the last Hudson Valley Veterans Task Force uh, Zoom meeting, Mm -hmm. and that prompted me to explore a little bit. So here we are. Perfect. And uh, so I'm going to ask you for a a 10,000-foot view of dispute resolution centers okay well the dispute resolution center is a not-for-profit we get our funding from the unified court system to try and help the courts alleviate some of their backlog so we have been in existence since 1982 and we are still the best kept secret we uh, service four counties orange putnam sullivan and ulster county we have offices in all four of our counties and we do a vast array of mediations. And one of my goal as the executive director has always been to try and support the veterans of, of our uh, Hudson Valley, because there are issues out there and we would like to help resolve them. What's the advantage of using a service like yours versus uh, see in court, I'm getting a lawyer. Sure. Well, one of the advantages is that it's not as expensive because you don't need attorneys. Plus, we do it around your schedule. So if you're working, we'll do evening mediations. We've done Saturday mediations where court, they send you a date and tell you this is when you're going to sit in court. And you may sit there for a few hours. So it's definitely an advantage. But I think the, the greatest advantage is that you're speaking about your issue to the person that you have an issue with. In court, it's attorneys talking to attorneys. So we have trained mediators. All of our mediators are volunteers who just want to give back to the community, and they want to help everyone to find a resolution to their issues. And they know how to ask the right questions to get people speaking. So that, to me, is the value of mediation. It's a great process. So what does this cost? Okay, all of our mediations are totally free. Okay. We do charge an administration fee, which can be waived. We definitely waive it for veterans. There's no charge to any veteran. 
that's that's the charge. The only charge that we have for mediation is if they do divorce mediation because we have to hire attorneys to take care of that. Mm-hmm. But our regular mediations are totally free. Can you give me a, a straw example of a situation, you know, that, that worked out well? Give me a straw example of a win. Sure. Oh, I have so many. I've been mediating for um, over 30 years, so I have a lot of stories. But to me, the most important one is we do custody visitation. So, And usually the family court refers the, the couple to us. And they come into mediation not even wanting to look at each other. You know, I don't want to be here. The judge sent me here. After mediation, and I can attest to this as doing them, Y'all have somebody looking out the window, somebody else looking at the wall. I don't want to speak to her. I got nothing to say to her. Well, you do. You have children. By the time the mediation is done, they're actually speaking with each other, working out a parenting plan, because no matter what, you're going to be the children's parents till the day you die. Just because you get divorced or you're no longer living together doesn't change that. So that type of mediation, and I've had parents come back after years and years of working on a a plan. Children get older, job situations change, they'll call us up, they'll come back and do mediation. They never step foot back in court, which is a huge advantage. It is. What would you say that the caseload is overall for an organization like yours at this point in time? Oh my goodness. That would be very hard to say, being that we're four counties. Rough guess. We do, on an average, between seven and 800 mediations a year. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And, and, each, the, and each mediation is not an hour. No, it's... no, no. Uh, some, we actually sit in the larger city courts. We have mediators that sit there, so they're rather quickly. Oh, okay. If, they, if they're done through the office, they could be up to two hours. Sometimes they come back for another two hours. Well, then there's prep time. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's a lot of work on our coordinators and our mediators. They get no information except the parties' names, what they're coming to court, what they're coming to mediation for, maybe the age of the children, mm-hmm. because they have to gather that information. They have to go in not knowing anything because our mediators really? are neutrals. Oh, okay. They're trained to be neutrals. They don't make any decisions for anybody. All right. So there's no con- preconceived. Um, Absolutely. How specifically? are you attempting to reach out to the veterans community? I'm always looking to do presentations. We do presentations. Anybody wants to hear us talk, I mm-hmm. go and I talk. Um, I've reached out to a few organizations that say they serve the veterans, mm-hmm. but unless, I guess, someone comes in and says, I have a definite issue, who do I go to? Once we're done talking, it's like forgotten, So, which is what the problem is. Until you have an issue, you don't think about the DRC. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anything else you'd like to... Well, I mean, besides family mediation, we do all types of family okay. mediation. What are those other types of mediations? Yeah. We do, do um, community. So say a veteran has a problem with a neighbor. They might call the police, and the police say, there's nothing I can do. They can contact us. We contact the neighbor and try to set up a mediation. Because a lot of times what we find in mediation is the thing that gets broken down is communication. Mm-hmm. I, I had a mediation where um, an elderly woman, senior, took her neighbor to court because she wanted him to take the tree down in his yard because the leaves were falling in her yard. Um, they went to court and very nicely the judge sent them to mediation. 
after mediating it and trying to figure out, you know, he says, I'm not taking my tree down. You know, it's a beautiful tree. Come to find out she was angry because when her husband passed away, they stopped inviting her to their gatherings at their house. And she took offense to that. And the neighbor had no idea that was happening, just figured now she you know, didn't have her husband, she might not be comfortable. The agreement that they worked out was awesome. His children came over and raked her leaves. And then she would go to their all of their things. It was just a matter of not talking to each other. And it became very, you know, um, conflicted. So uh, communication is a huge thing. So we do uh, neighbor problems. We do if you hire a contractor and you're not happy with the contractor, then you certainly, you know, can come to mediation. A lot of times contractors will come here because they can't get their um, customers to pay. Um, so any type of conflict we can handle so long as it's not violence. We don't handle any criminal, you know, cases like that. But we do lemon law arbitration. We do special ed mediation. So if their children are not getting the services that they need, we can help with that. Pretty much just about anything. If they're going through a separation or divorce, we do divorce mediation. We also have what's called Parents Apart. And it's an educational program that teaches a dad how to cope with no longer co-parenting with mom and, and vice versa. We have anger management. So we have a vast array of mediations that we do in different programs. We also are looking for volunteers. So if you have veterans that are looking for something to keep them busy or give back to their community, we're always looking for uh, mediator volunteers. And we also have what's called the CASA program, court-appointed special advocates, and that's volunteers that monitor children in foster care. They report to the judge as to what's happening to the family. We need volunteers for that. We are a volunteer-run, you know, organization. So, and we have great volunteers. Really great volunteers. How many volunteers do you have throughout the... For the four counties, we have, including our CASA volunteers, about 65 volunteers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we also, since COVID, with the pandemic, we went virtual. Mm -hmm. So we do all of our mediations virtually now. So a mediator from Orange can go to Putnam without ever having to leave. You Isn't know, that interesting? Their living room. It's a brave new world. It is, and you know, a lot of horrible things happened with the pandemic, but some really good things came out of it. Just having people appreciate, you know, what they have. We do have a website, which is www.drcservices.org. Everything is on there. There's also um, videos that shows you what a mediator does, shows you all our different programs. So look us up. So here you go. If you need some sort of mediation service, or if you'd like to help them out, or perhaps you start with one and move to the other. That's right. We've had a lot of that. (laughs) Definitely. Well, what you said about communication before is so important because when there's no communication, then the uh, what's going on is left up to the imagination. Exactly. And most times it's worse than... uh, Exactly. Imagine to be worse yeah. than what it is. I mean, I've had people where they've taken somebody to court and they're fighting and the police are called and there's just so many issues. And then you find out that they're sitting at the table and all one wants is an, is an apology. Right. 
And when that apology happens, everything just breaks right down. It's, it's amazing when you get people to talk to each other, yeah. what can happen. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I've been, I've been mediating for, you know, almost 30 years, and, and I love it. I, I love the process. I think it's amazing as to what can happen from it. So, please, if they have any, any issues whatsoever, give us a call. Our number is 845-372-8771. So we wish to acknowledge the following folks and organizations that, again, made this show possible. Dawn Shaw, Director of Hudson Valley VA Healthcare System. Stephen Walsh, Director of Sullivan County Veterans Service Agency. Thomas Bauer, Manager, Orange County vet to vet And Donna Ramelo, Executive Director of Dispute Resolution Services. And, of course, you for joining us once again on Let's Talk Vets. Please let your friends know about this program and share with us your comments and suggestions for future programs. Also, send us your upcoming events so we may get them on the air, both in our national public service announcement segments and this program. If you or someone you know is experiencing problems or just need to speak to someone, 24 by 7 Confidential Crisis Support is available. Now, you only have to dial 988 and press 1 to speak with someone. You can send a text message to 838-255 or start a confidential online chat session at veteranscrisisline.net. Until our next formation, I'm your host, Staff Sergeant Doug Sandberg. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your service. Company dismissed. Well, we'll let veteran singer-songwriter Jack Murphy take us out tonight. When our service women and men are far from home, family and friends... Little things mean a lot. During World War II, it was the canteens, and in more modern times, the USO, and, of course, the Red Cross. In this song, Jack recounts the ladies of the Red Cross who were always there for him and his comrades with coffee, a donut, and a smile. Good night. Just like angels from above They were there to show us love When we came out of the jungle For a three-day rest They would always smile They were never down Talking and laughing With every G.I. around Donut dollies, our donut dollies. They were volunteers, they didn't have to be there, but they wanted to show us that someone cared. They wore a red cross on their shoulder Ladies like them could never be bolder They are special 
Vietnam vets. Three hundred sixty-five days they spent going from fire bases, camps, and tents to brighten the day of some lonely GIs. Many would serve and some would die. We think about them today and we still cry and we honor the service and wonder why. Kids, donut dollies. 